Hello and welcome to In the Studio with Anne podcast. I'm Anne and as always, thank you so much for listening. So today's episode, I'm going to discuss with you sort of the the similarities between when you be intentional with creating spaces within your home, how that can kind of <clears throat> go over to how you create spaces within your life. How our house has rooms within it and how the room within our marriage and where our marriage exists is a room that we should really be intentional about how we conduct business within that room, who we allow in that room. So as I've been really diving into just intentional thinking and changing my mindset with my house and sort of just looking at what do I need and what could I create within these four walls? And I'm just really looking at each room <clears throat> very intentionally. And so sort of thinking outside of the box as far as like, we all know when we go through a house, they all have their certain, you know, traditional purposes. You know, your living room, your family room, your dining room, <clears throat> the bedrooms. And so we do see when people oftentimes will change that up. Sometimes people will get rid of the garage space and they'll finish that off. Sometimes people will clear the stuff out of the dining rooms and a new trend we're sort of seeing is people don't use dining rooms anymore. They make it into an office space versus a dining room area. And for me, you know, our family room, we took everything out and now it's not a a family room at all. It's a multi-purpose. It's a studio room where I knew what that room wanted to house what I the feel I wanted it to give um, and what I needed it to provide. So the studio room, even it's funny because my kids will even say I'm in the studio room. They don't even say family room anymore. And it's just our wellness space where I've all of, you know, my wellness things we have now our learning space is going to be in there as well with, you know, um, some of our exercise things so we can be healthy and have movement and we're learning. I feel like that's wellness as well is just expanding your mind in different ways. Um, And I also have an office space in that space. So by sort of creating two different spaces within one big room, I was able to kind of get what I need. And it's not what you would traditionally use this room for because it was supposed to be or was a family room. And you typically in a family room have, you know, a couch and a TV and all of that. And so now we have a TV upstairs, but we don't use it. It's only there for if we want to put um, like an exercise show or video on, or I'm going to use it for learning um, videos for the kids, but we don't actually use that space anymore. So there's no TV upstairs. And that was something I was intentional about in saying, I'm not going to now take a TV and put it in my living room because I like there not being a TV on the main floor and that noise and that distraction. So our family room area now is downstairs in our basement. And so we created a room down there that's cozy and comfortable. It has a really big couch that fits all of us comfortably. So when we are down there, it's just so perfect. It It's fun and we're kind of tucked away and that's where we, you know, play our video games together as a family or the kids can play video games and that's where the TV is and we have movies and things like that. <clears throat> so 
giving each room sort of a space where the playroom is downstairs and most of the play stuff is no longer even on the first floor. And I'm really glad to have made that transition so that my kids know, listen, when you're on this main floor, it's not like a play zone. And the materials that you're going to see on this main floor are things that are to be used for what they have, that like what their purpose is. No in, like No imaginary play. Because imaginary play is super, super important for kids' development, but giving them a space where they know that when you're in this room, this is imaginary play space. And those are the tools and the materials you have to utilize that. But when kids then also need to have a space where these are your actual like learning materials and they're things that you can still, like my kids can still be playing and have fun with, but yet it's it's something that it has all its pieces and it has an intended purpose for how that's going to work their brain. So those pieces, we don't pick them up and pretend they're something else. We use them for what they're for. We're intentional with them. We have a system and we then put it back in its place when it's done and everything has a place. So I'm starting to get back to everything has a place in every single room. It's been hard because we've had that season <clears throat> where it's just been you know, a free for all and you just have a ton of stuff everywhere because, you know, you have kids and their toys and, and, you know, when they're a certain age, it's okay just to let it just be all like, they can just do whatever with it. But now that my oldest two are seven and nine and we homeschool and they learn here, I've had to be very intentional with having all the spaces I need for everything they need to do. So, you know, now our dining room table is just for eating and there's only specific things they can do at that table and there's always boundaries and guide you know it's just healthy boundaries for each space right and so they're gonna have a craft table and that's where they do crafts so that my kids have a space for doing everything they need to do so it makes it much easier for them to navigate those spaces will be more organized and be created so they can be independent in those spaces even my kitchen has now been redone so that they can be independent in the kitchen all of my um, bowls and plates and everything are down low so from even three, my youngest just turned three, she can utilize all of those things. And that's practical life kind of stuff that she's doing in real life and not just with a practical life material or, you know, area that's sort of a play, but practical life. It's actually the kitchen. It's not a play kitchen. So, um, she is seeing that and doing that in real life. And that's of that's a learning skill, you know, for that age. A practical life area is um, huge for kids. But having it be a space that it's organized and they have everything they need and they're not getting shut down and overwhelmed. Because if you have a child that isn't really playing well, you have to analyze are they the type of personality that they don't do well in clutter and mess and just not having everything that they need right where it needs to be? So would they do better in an environment that <clears throat> is already set to go and is like that? Because I find sometimes if the kids have too many toys and it's too much clutter and too much mess, even in our playroom, they don't play properly because they're just like overwhelmed and then the room's just so messy, right? <clears throat> so trying to make that every single room sort of has a place for everything and it's easy to manage and 
um, you realize and when you start to be intentional with your mindset, you're okay getting rid of stuff and getting rid of that clutter and not holding on to that either because it's not bringing you joy. It's not helping you to utilize the space so that you can fully get the full potential out of what does that room need to provide for you? What's the feel that that room should create? Do you have everything you need in that space to fulfill that need, right? So your life is like this too. And I'm realizing this very in a big way because this is sort of always how I've been. And even more so now realizing that when you do this and you have the right mindset about things and you realize, you know, your house is kind of set up in a way that, you know, your life can be like a house where people can dwell and come into your home, but they have to know the boundaries within the rooms of that space. And you have to know, like with your business, how is it going to be that What are those healthy boundaries or guidelines that you have when someone's dwelling in that room, you know, and for your marriage, you know, what are the healthy guidelines and um, what is it that you want to have a feel for, you know, when you enter that room of your marriage? How do you want your marriage, if it's a room per se, how do you want that to feel? You know, what what do you want to accomplish? Do you have everything you need to accomplish that? And are the people that are freely entering in and out of that room respecting that, knowing that, understanding that, and honoring that? And if they're not, what kind of damage could they be doing? And should you maybe clear out the clutter of your marriage if it's a space and say, listen, this space is too cr- too cluttered. It's too much noise going on. We get to turn down the volume. And what does that mean? Some people might need to go. Some people might need to be put outside the door and you reemphasize this is the boundaries within this room. This is the guidelines. And if they can't do that, I think that's a clue that you need to take to know, should this person be able to come in here? Because you know, it's just like a restaurant. There's a specific purpose for that. If someone's coming into a restaurant and they're not sitting at the table and being courteous and, and they're coming in and they're yelling and they're screaming and they're causing fights and they're throwing food and they're running around, you know, if they're not doing what's intended, they're going to be asked to leave that restaurant because that restaurant has a purpose where there's guidelines. You can't just let your kids go in a restaurant and run around and climb all over people's tables like it's a jungle gym. No, there's guidelines within there. So if they just let anybody do anything in the four walls of that space, it would be a mess, right? But we do this. We do this in our lives. We, we look at our lives and say, how did we get like this? Well, because you're letting just anybody run in and out of those spaces, those rooms of your life. And you're letting them do whatever they want when they're in that space. And then when you try to tell them not to do it, they, they say no. And you don't say, fine, then you're not coming back in. You can't go there then. We don't have a conversation. If that's the if that's the situation that's happening with a someone in your life and it's the space or the room of your marriage and they're coming in and they're just doing whatever and you're going, whoa, back up. Let's go outside and re-emphasize here, okay? So this is my marriage and I can't have you do this and I can't have you do that and if you could please not say that or let's not go there and they don't want to honor that and they keep coming in and just doing whatever they want. At what point do you say, sorry, you no longer have access to that room? 
we are not going to talk about my marriage and you are not going to get involved in my marriage. I will see you outside of that, but you are no longer here. And can you exist like that? Or does that person just need to be told, listen, don't knock on my door anymore because I'm not going to answer. You're not allowed to come in because you don't, you don't honor my boundaries and you're not making my rooms a sacred safe space. And, and now you're messing up all my spaces and you're making things messy for me. And then I got to clean up a huge mess. You know, it's like when my kids go into a room and I say, oh my gosh, you didn't do what you're supposed to do in here, guys. Like this room's now a huge mess for me because guidelines were not, you know, honored and you got a little crazy here and we got a little off balance and now I have a huge mess to clean up. But that huge mess, if you allow that in your marriage, that huge mess might get to be too big to clean up. Or that person might not want the mess to be cleaned up anymore. So they might say, well, then guess who is going to leave this room? I am. And then your spouse leaves. And then what? You know? And this is what happens when we let people dwell within the spaces of our life with no boundaries, no guidelines, and we don't see the clues that they give us when they choose not to honor those boundaries. You know, that's a huge red flag. And that's a huge, that's a clue. And when people show us who they are, we need to believe them. When they show us that clue of, hey, they don't have any interest in this relationship to hear what my boundaries are. They just want to come in and do what they want and leave the mess for me to clean up and then do it again and again and again and again. And is that okay? And should that be okay? And why do I think that's okay? And am I doing that to that person? Am I doing this to other people? You know, because when you allow people to do that to you, we oftentimes then we get shaped into thinking that certain behaviors are okay. And now we're acting a way that we're like, what are we, what am I even doing here? You know, none of this is acceptable. This is not okay. And unfortunately, in my opinion, I see a lot of families fall into this trap where they, they're not able to have healthy boundaries with each other. It's never established from the beginning as a cornerstone of their, you know, way of, re- of having a relationship from the beginning. And generational curses roll over to the next, to the next, to the next. And it isn't until somebody just says, no, enough is enough. And I'm going to do something different. Do, does this, this cycle change? Because I see this so often that it's like, well, we're family and I do see healthy families. I do. But for the most part, I feel like I see a lot of people that are like, oh yeah, we're family, but yet they're terrible to each other and they disrespect each other and they're ruining relationships for other people in their family because that relationship isn't healthy and you know they just let each other do whatever all the time and they can they don't feel like they can say listen I love you but you can't show up at my house at this time anymore or you can't just expect me to do this anymore or listen you can't talk to my spouse like that anymore you know it's just not okay you know or hey I don't want you to do that around my kids anymore and that be okay and not be um you know, an issue because I feel like I see this happening a lot. And so there's a lot of similarities I'm finding that I just felt like I wanted to get on here and share 
about, you know, spaces in our life, spaces in our house. It's kind of the same thing. Sometimes you have to just clear it out and figure it out and say, what does that space want to be for me? You know, your relationship with your kids. What do you want that relationship to be, that space in your life, your marriage? And I would say that your marriage should be the first and foremost space in your life. That room should be sacred. Like that should be the the foundation of the rest of you, how you will be with the rest of the spaces. And you really do have to be very careful who you let in that door. It's very similar to a podcast I shared a while back about, you know, why I feel like my first labor and delivery was so not what I wanted it to be at all. And how, you know, when you have someone tell you wisdom based on their knowledge, but you haven't actually walked it out, sometimes you can listen to it and go, uh, really? I don't get that. Like, it's like they say it and you're like, yeah, it makes sense, but you don't fully wrap your mind around it, which might be how you feel about this podcast, you know, until you fully can wrap your mind around something. And so in our natural birth class, the instructor had said, listen, just be very intentional and careful about who you let in that labor and delivery room with you when you have made the choice that you want to do natural birth. And, um, you know, I was just like, I don't quite get that, you know, whatever. But then I got it. You know, you have to be very careful who you're letting in there because that's a sacred space where you have to have a specific mindset. And so if you're letting someone come in that space who throws you off balance or isn't supportive of that mindset or isn't going to keep you in the zone you need to be in and they're going to be distracting you and it's not, then they shouldn't be there. And I made that mistake and I let someone in when I had my first child and it sabotaged me because I got to the point where I couldn't get myself back on track mentally where I needed to be because they took my mental focus away from the very strong mental focus that it takes to have a natural childbirth, especially with some of the um, setbacks I was having and being in a hospital setting and not really having a midwife um, that was very supportive of natural birth and sort of also sabotaged me in a lot of ways looking back that you have to be careful about as well. Um, So the next time I got a midwife, I was um, totally different in what I was looking for and found that with Lily. And I was very blessed for that with that. But I, you know, you know better, you do better. So sometimes you have to make mistakes and fall down and fail to know better and do better and get back up and do it again the right way. And I did that the, the other three times and especially with my fourth being a home birth. But all this to say... Um, it was so true. I shouldn't have let that person in those four walls of that space because I knew what that space was supposed to be for me and what I wanted it to be. And I knew that person wasn't going to bring that to the room and they were going to be a distraction and a problem. And I knew that, but unfortunately I was forced to let this person in and find out the hard way that that was not a good decision. They should have respected that I said, this is what I want. This is who's going to be in here and that's it. And that should have been honored without feeling like it was all about that person and not about the actual person that should have been about, which was me. And so that was a clue, a big clue that wasn't seen for a long time about this specific person. So I feel like 
if we can look at things this way, could it be helpful? Could this resonate with you if you're maybe struggling and you're stuck or you're like, why do things keep going back to the way it was before? Um, Is it because you're just not keeping that space clean the way it needs to be? And, you know, you just got to get more committed to the daily work. Our bedroom, we just totally redid our bedroom. And now it's like this beautiful space that is what we want our bedroom to feel like. And my husband and I did it together. And he was actually the person who initiated it, which I thought was really cool. Because normally he's just like over me moving furniture and (laughs) changing things around. But he saw what I was doing. He saw my vision and was like, I have a vision for our bedroom. And we went with it. And it's amazing, but it's not going to stay that way if we don't do the daily work, right? If I don't get up and make the bed and put the pillows where they belong and make sure the stuff that has a space is put back in its space. I don't start cluttering it back up again by bringing a bunch of stuff in and not taking it back out, right? Because my nightstand's like that. Like I could clutter my nightstand up big time. And today I was like, nope. Every day, I'm going to take what's on my nightstand that I took up there, you know, my cup, maybe it's a snack, um, whatever it might be. And I'm going to, every day, I'm taking that down, which is nice that I have a smaller nightstand. We were thinking I should have a bigger one. And I said, no, because then I'm just going to put more stuff on it, which is so true. And so now I'm like, no, every day I take that stuff out. You know, we do the daily maintenance to keep it that way. And it's hard because in our home, how many times have we done this? And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, this room was so nice. And now it just looks like crap again. And it makes me frustrated. And it's not bringing me joy because you stopped doing the daily work, stopped doing the maintenance to keep that space so that it will give you that feeling that you want it to provide you with. It doesn't just happen, but it will become easier for you to do the longer you do the daily maintenance. And when we have the wrong people in our life, we tend to be doing the wrong daily maintenance. We, we tend to be setting the wrong habits for ourselves, right? Because we're trying to deal with that person and we're kind of all over the place. And so we, we, we're not doing the right daily habits and we're creating a space now that isn't creating us what we want. And then we, we say, well, no, now we're going to have the space we want. But we don't change our daily habits, change our mindset, change our daily stuff, you know. And so then inevitably, we're going to go back to the space going to feel the way it did before, which is not good because we haven't switched out to now I got to do this daily and I got to focus on that. And this is my mindset now and, and move in the next direction because that space isn't that space anymore. And you're going to find that because when I changed out my family room, we had to, I had to remind my husband, like, we can't treat this room like a family room anymore. Change the daily habit in your mind. This room, change a mindset. This is not a family room anymore. This is a different space with a different purpose. Let's change the name because then it was becoming confusing and cluttered and and the kids weren't understanding that they can't go in there and treat it like a family room. They can't just take their food in there and just turn on the TV and just lay on the floor. And now they're like kind of just bringing all this stuff into that space that isn't supposed to be in there anymore. And so again, change the mindset, change the habits when you change a space. And the two have to go together. That action of that daily mindset change, changing daily habits, viewing that space differently now. It's no longer this, it's that. Change its name. 
right? Because sometimes our marriage becomes something that it's not. It becomes messy and it becomes ugly and it becomes stressful. And sometimes the person within that room, your spouse, is the bad guy. Well, maybe you have to remind yourself now that that person was only the bad guy because you let a lot of bad people into that room, right? And now if that's a safe space and they don't have to react in that way, maybe they're not bad. They were just protecting, self-protecting or protecting you or responding, calling out a bad behavior that you were ignoring, you know, and now that that space is cleared out, you have to give that person a new name. You have to see that person and that space differently and you have to change your daily habits of how you're going to maintain that space in that in your life, your marriage differently. What are you going to do different? Because that's all going to change when you clear that room out, you give it a new purpose, you know what you want it to be and now it doesn't have all this the noise and the clutter and all that in it. Right? And you need to know now how you're going to maintain it to keep it that way because that's all different now. And you don't have to maintain that person, your spouse, in that room in the same way you had to before when all of that noise and that clutter and those people were in that space. Maybe they're not going to be the same person because that's not going on in that room anymore. And maybe it should never have been going on in that room or in your life at all. Um, So it's just a very interesting thing to kind of go into the deeper layers of sort of something that can be a very surfacey thing, like, oh, we're switching out of room, but really going to the deeper layers with this, you know, and maybe you're stuck, maybe this resonates, maybe you don't get it, maybe you will get it someday, and this will pop back into your head, or maybe you're going to go, yeah, that's right. Why am I letting these people into these rooms of my home or my home at all? They don't, they shouldn't be in here. They don't make me feel good. They're not abiding by my guidelines. And it is healthy and okay to decide what you want those healthy boundaries to look like. And it is okay to ask people to follow healthy boundaries within your life to stay in their lane with certain things and it's hard especially with a parent-child relationship this happens a lot where that parent is so used to just being able to tell that child what to do and being that person in their life and all of a sudden that switches and it can be hard to break that um and to be able to say listen um I need to now be okay with saying to you, love you, but I have some boundaries now that I feel like you just can't go there with this or I don't want you to do that or, you know, listen, if you're going to come over, please call first. We're family and I love you, but I just right now in my season, I need you to do that for me. So I just wanted to put that out there. I wanted to let you kind of hear my heart a little bit. Um, My little ones are chasing me, so I am going to just call this the end. And until next time, this is In the Studio with Anne Podcasts, and thank you so much for listening.